Welcome to the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley Young, pianist, instructor, and business coach, and I'm here to help you dream big about what your studio could be if you are willing to open your mind and level up your business skills. I'm going to share the tangible strategies that I've learned for streamlining and scaling your studio so that you can align your business to work for your life instead of letting your business control your life. I am so happy that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome into an episode of The Prosperous Piano Teacher. If you are a longtime listener, welcome back. I can't wait to share today's episode with you. And if you are new, welcome into the podcast. I am so happy that you found us, and I'm so happy that you are here. We have a really, really cool topic today. We're going to be talking about the profit loop. Um, the profit loop is one thing that you can do in your business uh, to, to bring in more cash more often on repeat. And in today's episode, I am going to um, give you a little bit of a, of like a, some knowledge you have to know in order to understand what the profit loop is. And then we're going to talk about what the profit loop is. And then I'm also going to be sharing with you why it works and why it's different than other, um, other ways that you can bring money into your business. I'm going to be giving you some real examples of some profit loops that I've done, some examples of ideas that you could do. And then I'm going to be giving you a couple of tips that you can use to make sure that it really works for you if you decide to go go forward and do one of these profit loops. So let's start with what it is. A profit loop, and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what it is, and then I'm going to share with you like some, some stuff you have to know in order to really understand it. And then I'll tell you exactly what it is. So the profit loop is essentially something that you can do over and over and over again in your business without reinventing the wheel that will bring you more customers, grow your audience and help you make more money. Okay. The profit loop involves growing your audience or like the, the community of people that know who you are and what you do growing that audience, which is of course full of potential customers, and then really turning those audience members into customers fast. Okay. And this is where the profit loop is a little bit different than other marketing methods or other sales methods is it works faster. Okay. It works faster at getting people to turn into customers. And in order to understand how it works faster and to completely understand what the profit loop is, you have to kind of understand what a customer journey is and a customer journey is basically how someone finds you and the path that they take between when they find you and when they eventually turn into a customer. Now, I'll give you some examples of this. So maybe an example, if you are a piano teacher and you have a website, maybe your customer journey is that someone is searching for a piano teacher in your area. They find your website, they poke around your website a little bit, and they fill out an inquiry form. Okay. And then the next part in that customer journey is that you get in touch with them and you offer them a free test lesson and then they come for their free test lesson. Okay. And so that customer journey looks like the first step is website. The second step is inquiry form. The third step is free lesson. And then the fourth step would be signing up for lessons. And that's kind of the journey that everybody goes through. Now, another potential journey that is similar, but different could be that someone finds your Instagram page and they're looking for a piano teacher online and they see your Instagram page and they love everything about what you do. And instead of filling out the inquiry form, they DM you on Instagram and you um, send them your studio policy and then they sign up for lessons. 
still the end result is the same that someone signs up for piano lessons, but you can see the customer journey is slightly different because in the first example that I gave someone, it's a website and someone fills out an inquiry form. And then the next step is a free lesson, right? That's one customer journey. This one I just described is Instagram to a DM to you send them your studio policy to just signing up for lessons. So different customer journeys can have different pathways, different steps in the pathway, and also can take different lengths of time. Um, another example is my customer journey right now is that piano players will find me on YouTube. They will eventually opt into one of my freebies and I have many of them, right? I have a Facebook group. I have a couple of free PDF downloads. Um, and then eventually, you know, they stick around long enough that eventually they either join casual to confident or they buy the site reading course or not. And that's also an option. Now, um, there are a lot of points in the customer journey where people can get lost and it would do you some good. And this is what I do with private coaching clients to look at your customer journey and to look at like, are you actually optimizing that? And are you including steps in your customer journey that are likely to help people want to become customers? Okay. I've talked about this a little bit in some episodes when like, if your website is confusing and you don't have a clear call to action and it's unclear how someone is going to get in touch with you, that customer journey becomes muddled. The steps become less clear. And if your customer is not clear on the steps they need to take in order to become a customer, the likelihood of them actually becoming a customer goes down significantly. Okay. So that's a little bit of a side tangent, um, but just a, a PSA there. So we want that customer journey to be clear. And so if you don't know what your customer journey is, that's a great exercise. Go ahead and map it out. Start writing out, just open up your notes app on your phone and write out what is the first time that people encounter you and how do they get in touch with you? And what is your process for how you enroll them? Does it involve a free lesson? Does it, does it involve putting the prices on the website? Does it involve waiting to share the prices until you're doing a free phone call with them? What is that step-by-step -step process? Because if you're aware of what the step-by-step -step process is, the first thing that it does is it makes it so that you don't have to think so hard about it every time, right? You can have it written down and then you can follow your own step-by-step -step process anytime you get an inquiry. But the second thing it does is it brings a level of clarity around what these steps are because some of the steps might be refined or might be tweaked. And we're going to talk a little bit about this as we go on. For example, if you're not offering a free test lesson, I know lots of people have a lot of conflicting opinions about this. It's something for me in my private studio when I had one that worked so insanely effectively. A free, I, I was at like a, I think like a 90 conversion rate of if someone booked a free lesson, they would almost always sign up for lessons because I knew that if I could get someone on zoom with me or in my studio that like, you know, it was very easy to show them how good of a teacher that I was. Whereas if you're trying to explain it via a website or you're trying to paint that picture, but you're not actually showing someone, um, it gets a little muddied. So Anyway, that's a little bit of a side, a side tangent, but the customer journey is important to understand because there are many ways that you can tweak the customer journey to speed up the process. Okay. Now this profit loop that we're talking about, that's what it does. It speeds up the process for people becoming cu customers in person or online. So it doesn't matter if you just have an in-person studio and you just want more students, or if you're trying to grow with content online, it doesn't matter. This profit loop speeds up that process of people becoming customers. Now, exactly what is the profit loop? It's an open enrollment event or just an enrollment event, okay? And so I'm gonna give you some examples of what that looks like in my business. I'll give you some examples of what that could look like in your business if it's different than mine. Um, we'll talk about why it works and we'll dive into all of that. So for me, my enrollment events are Speed Reader, 
which is a free class that I used to teach live and that I now have a free recording of that I pass along to people. And Speed Reader is the class that promotes my sight reading course. And then I have Piano Practice Lab, which is a four day online event where we meet in Zoom for an hour every day for four days in a row. And I just wrapped up, I'm recording this a little bit ahead of time, but I just wrapped up Piano Practice Lab last week. And so we'll be kind of focusing on Piano Practice Lab today. Um, but those are my two enrollment events. And the whole point with an enrollment event is that it speeds up the process of people becoming customers, okay? Um, now let's touch a little bit on Piano Practice Lab. Like I said, it's a four day event in Zoom where I teach piano players how to design a weekly practice routine that accelerates their progress consistently and moves them beyond the notes to confident musical expression. And so during these four days, there the first day we talk about a lot of the mistakes that people make when it comes to practice routines, when it comes to the way that they're practicing. Um, and we essentially kind of, I, I open their minds to why what they're doing might not be working for them, why it might not be providing them with the level of consistency they want, why they're still play, excuse me, still playing wrong notes, even if they are practicing a lot, all of that kind of stuff. On day two, we dive deep into the practice routine and I start to share with them like some of the best practices for the most effective types of practice routines. On day three, I share with them the revolutionary practice methods, which are all of the practice methods that they can use to really ensure that they are keeping a high level of accuracy and repetitions during their practice. And then on day four, it kind of depends, but the last few times I've actually had a member of Casual the Confident Piano Player program come on and talk to them because Piano Practice Lab is the enrollment event for Casual the Confident Piano Player. Okay. And it's a highly, highly effective event. And last year I spent basically all year really refining this event and making it as effective as possible and looking at the data and analyzing and really trying to get this event to be something that I could put on over and over and over again. And it would consistently work to enroll a high number of people into casual to confident. Now I will likely probably enrollment for casual to confident is still open. So I don't want to I'm not going to talk too much about that right now, but I will do another episode on that, especially if that's something that you all would want to hear of like how enrollment went and what that process is like. I'd be happy to do an episode about that. Let me know, like message me on Instagram if that's something that you want to hear. Um, so we're going to focus on piano practice lab. So last year I really spent a lot of time refining this and it works so well. And we're going to talk a little bit about why it works. Um, enrollment events work because they turn people into customers fast because so I can see like when someone signs up for one of my programs, I can go in to my contacts in my, um, in Kajabi and I can see like the different tags that they have, meaning I can tell, did they download a free practice planner that I had? Did they just find me on YouTube and they just like, just came across Piano Practice Lab and they've only been on my email list for like a couple of days? Did they hang out in my Facebook group for several months? Like where did they find me? How did they get there? How long have they been hanging out in the community? And what I have found is that when it comes to free lead magnets, like, you know, a free practice planner that I have or a quiz that you can take that tells you which practice method you need, um, the lifetime journey is long, right? Like people will download those things and then they'll be hanging out in my community for months, maybe even years. However, when people do an enrollment event, whether it's Speed Reader or Piano Practice Lab, I can see that they are literally in my community for days, right? So there are people that join Piano Practice Lab from my YouTube channel, like maybe they've seen a tutorial or two of mine, and then they join Piano Practice Lab, and then they join Casual the Confident Piano Player in a matter of days. 
And when we talk about the fact that Casual the Confident Piano Player is a very, it's a high ticket um, program that is a year long commitment. That's pretty wild that I have people joining that program that have only been aware of me for a few days. Okay. And that's also a difference and a shift in my business. Before I was doing enrollment events, I would have people that would hang out for like months and months. Like we're talking like seven, eight, nine months before they would join Casual the Confident Piano Player. So it took so much longer to warm people up. So speed is for sure a factor. And the reason that it is, is because an enrollment event is a huge warmer, meaning it's really effective at like getting, giving people a chance to get to know you really, really fast. And I know that we've all experienced this on the customer side, right? Like if you come across someone's website or someone's Instagram page, even if you're really, really, really impressed by them, even if they seem amazing, even if it's exactly what you're looking for, what are the chances that you actually go through the process to purchase from them? Because I know for me, like I come across really great, amazing things that I want probably on a daily basis, if not at least a few times a week, you know, someone will send me a link or I get an advertisement for something and I see things and I'm like, oh, this would make such a big difference in my life. I can see the value. I'm on board with the price. I want this, eh, but not right now, right? But not right now. And so I want you to think about that from the customer standpoint. We all do that so often and it's a different experience if you are in person with someone and let's say that perhaps you're going to one of your favorite boutiques or one of your favorite stores and you park in the parking lot and you get there and you notice that a new store has opened up right next door and the owner of that store is outside and they strike up a conversation with you and they start telling you about their business and they start telling you about how amazing it is what kind of difference do those two experiences have on you as a customer? When you randomly stumble across an Instagram account or a website versus when you're having a real conversation with a real human being and you can hear the passion, you can see what they do and they're just they're just right there for you to ask all the questions to. It's a totally different experience. And that's how it is with these enrollment events. As a business owner, it's so different to be able to show up and to say, Here's how I can help you. Let me show you how I can help you. Let me actually teach you and kind of just show you what kind of teacher I am, show you what kind of environment I foster versus just, you know, read about me on my website. Okay. And so sometimes when you flip it like that, and if you take off your business owner hat for a second and you put on your customer hat, it's easier to see why it's so effective and why it's such a different experience. So in Piano Practice Lab, I literally teach people for four days right? That's all I'm doing. It's four hours of instruction. And I wouldn't necessarily be doing that if it, if it, um, if it didn't have, you know, a payoff at the end where I knew I was going to get customers from it because it's a lot of work. Piano practice lab is a lot of work. I now have a lot of it automated. So, you know, like the promotion of it and all of that kind of stuff is more automated. And I have help from, um, my assistant and things like that, but, you know, to show up to do like a live class in zoom this last time there were 600 people that registered. So it's a lot, like it feels like a performance, right? Um, but it's, I do it because it's so effective. Now enrollment events can be online or in person. And I don't want you to hear me talking about piano practice lab and think like, oh my gosh, I could never do something like that because piano practice lab has come about after like a lot of experimenting and a lot of doing live streams and a lot of doing live classes for free and a lot of other enrollment events. And, um, I have found a way that really works very well. 
but an enrollment event can be online. It could be a one hour class. It could be a free coffee chat. It could be a many, many different things online. It can also be in person. So if you're teaching an in-person studio and you want to do an enrollment event, it's, it's not out of the realm. You can absolutely do it. So let's talk about some examples. So one of the simplest and easiest, um, things that I like to say can be enrollment events is to just take an event that you already do and turn it into an enrollment event. So what I mean by that is like, let's say you do two recitals a year, make your recitals an enrollment event also. And that doesn't mean that you're going to totally change your recitals. You're going to do everything exactly the same, but maybe you ask everyone to invite a friend or you tell everyone that they're allowed to invite a friend, or maybe you even incentivize your um, students to invite a friend. Maybe you at the end of the recital are going to give away a free lesson to someone that's there that's not already in your studio, right? There's many ways that you could do this, but a recital can absolutely be an enrollment event. And when I used to encourage people to bring friends to recitals, I almost always got a few students or at least a few names on the wait list from the recital because they're the perfect event to see who you are as a teacher to see what you do, to kind of see you speak publicly, to see you show up as a leader. Someone is gonna have a really good sense of what your studio is like if they come and watch your recital, right? And if not, then maybe you should be thinking about how you're doing recitals. Um, but that, so that's a really great example of like something that you're probably already doing that you could very easily also make an enrollment event. Now, I wouldn't say like make the enrollment aspect of the recital the 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 biggest part, obviously, because a recital serves a, a greater, higher purpose in your studio. Um, but there's ways that you can weave enrollment into it. And um, that one also works really well because it's referral based. So anytime it's like a friend of a current student, the customer journey is so much faster than if it's a random person who stumbled across your website. Um, another example of an enrollment event you could do, and this is kind of what I was talking about, is a free class. But this could be online in person. This could be for kids. This could be for adults. It could be for current members of your studio, and you could you could incentivize them to invite a friend, similar to the recital. Or it could be for free for members of the public. The goal here is to get new people to attend. But depending on who you are and what your business looks like, that can look in a variety of different ways. Maybe the only way you can get new people to attend is to ask your current students to bring their friends, right? Or maybe you want to go to the public library and offer to do a free community event. Maybe you want to teach a class where you're teaching piano lessons to people in a senior citizen center, or maybe you're going to offer a free class to local moms in the area. Um, keep in mind here, you can be really open-minded with what your free class is. It doesn't have to be that you're like in a room with 15 keyboards teaching people piano. You could do a free music history class. You could do an, you could do a class about like how music helps you calm down or develop focus or why it's a good hobby to have right? The, cl the class topic does not have to be you're teaching people piano. The class topic can be very, very um, open here. But offering a free class is a great way to get new people into your ecosystem, whether that is in person or online. Um, I've also seen this done like free classes at churches is a great way to do it. Um, you could even, even if you don't have an audience online, but you want to start moving into the online space, you could just open it up to your existing Facebook friends, right? You could do a class that's for people that used to take piano lessons as a child and have an interest in getting back to it, right? There's probably a ton of people, whoever you are right now, even if you only have a couple hundred friends on Facebook, there's probably several people in your audience that fit that exact um, avatar where they took piano lessons as a kid, they had a long break and they have an interest in getting back to it, but they're just not sure how to, or they don't think they have the time or, you know, all of those kinds of things.
Okay, another example of an enrollment that, event that you could do is a similar version of Piano Practice Lab where you do maybe a multi-day multi event like a piano camp or a piano event or a piano symposium or something like that. And this again could be in person or online. And the cool thing when you do something like this is that it doesn't just have to be you. You could even get a few teachers from the community together and you could put on a piano camp together and you could each draw on your own networks to fill the camp and then obviously anyone that comes to the camp has their choice of teacher. And I know a lot of teachers that I've met anyway are really reluctant to like um, link arms with other teachers, but this has been one of my favorite ways to meet new people, to feel like I'm not alone in my career, and also to network and to make connections because no two teachers are the same. No two piano teachers are the same. I don't care who you are and who the other person you're thinking about is, you're not the same. You're not gonna have the same teaching style. You're not gonna do things exactly the same in your studio. And so the fact of the matter is that some people will be a fit for your studio and some people will not, right? And the people that are not a fit for your studio, help them find someone that is. And then the same thing goes for your piano teacher friends that are bringing their um, their networks, right? If, if they already know a piano teacher and they're not signed up for lessons with them, chances are it's not a right fit and maybe you are the right fit. So doing these little like piano camps or multi-day events can be a really great way to bring a lot of people together, especially if you link arms with other piano teachers, if you link arm, arms with something that already has a community, like a church or a community center or a library or something like that, because then there's already people that go there and there's already an existing community that you can draw upon. Okay, now I'm going to give you some tips for these enrollment events um, to make them the most effective and to make sure that they're sustainable for you and for your business. So one of the biggest mistakes that I see teachers make when they do a free thing is that they don't collect the information, okay, of the people that attend. You have to collect people's information. If you, regardless of if it's in person or online, collect people's email addresses. Now you could do this in a variety of different ways. You could make them sign up to register for the event and that's a way that you get their email address and their contact information. You could, if it's in person, you could ask them to sign up, but I would make it required that they do sign up and give you information. Because if you go through all of the effort to put on this really wonderful enrollment event and then people walk away and you have no way to get in touch with them, that's not a good business model. The fortune is in the follow-up, right? The fortune is always in the follow-up. And so whether that means that, like I'm, I can't tell you that there's gonna be people right there at that enrollment event, like signing up for lessons, although there could be, and I've definitely seen it happen and I've experienced it. But what likely will happen is if you have their email addresses a week later, you can email them and say, thank you so much for coming. It was such a pleasure to meet you. I really enjoyed getting to know X, Y, and Z about you. Um, I have some open spots in the studio. Please let me know if you're interested. And if not, that doesn't mean that you never contact them again. That means that maybe next year when enrollment opens for your studio again, you maybe get in touch with them again, right? And you start to build this list that you can kind of reach out to whenever you have a spot to fill in your studio. And the concept is the same, regardless of how big you get online. The concept is exactly the same. So the way it works with Piano Practice Lab is people sign up for the event. When they sign up, they register with their name and their email addresses. And then of course, they start getting emails of my YouTube tutorials. They start getting emails about Piano Practice Lab. They get emails about Casual the Confident Piano Player being open. And sure, some of them don't decide that they don't wanna stay in my audience and they unsubscribe. 
a, literally a handful though. But the rest of them are really engaged because the stuff that I'm doing is really tuned in to their problems and what they're trying to solve. And so they stick around and they get to know me more and they get to know the other people in the community. Um, and whether or not they become a customer is totally fine, right? The amount of people that become a customer is always going to be significantly smaller than the size or the amount of people that you know or the size of your community. And that's fine. There are going to be people around that just like hang out and get all the free stuff. Totally fine. That's why I do it. I want to help everyone, right? But also the bigger that community grows and the more people that you start to meet and the more people that know what you do and who you are, the more customers you're going to get. It's just a numbers game at that point. Now, the other thing, the other tip that I want to give you for these enrollment events is don't reinvent the wheel. If you find something that works, keep doing it. And I will share a little bit about what I was doing. So in 2022, I started casual competitive piano player in the spring and by like summer fall, I was, it was so funny. I wasn't even tuned in. I didn't even know what an enrollment event was. I wasn't tuned in at that point with like a business coach that was teaching me this stuff. I just like, figured if I could get people in a room similar to what I did when I taught online, or excuse me, when I taught privately, if I could get people in a room and teach them, they would see how good of a teacher I was and they would sign up. Right. So I was doing that and I was doing it in my own way. And I didn't know barely anything about it. And I was still getting customers though, but I was thinking that like, I couldn't do the same event over and over again. And so what I was doing is literally every single month I was putting on a different enrollment event. So it's like one month I would do one about how to play musically. The next month I would do one about how to overcome performance anxiety. And I was changing the topic every month. And I was burning out so fast. I think I did like five or six of these. And then thankfully I found the business coach that I worked with last year in 2023, who helped me um, realize that I could, you know, turn this into more of like a rinse and repeat type situation and do it less often um, because that really saved me and my energy and my business. But uh, yeah, so don't reinvent the wheel, right? That was my point there. Don't reinvent the wheel. I was reinventing the wheel. I was doing a, a, an enrollment event every month with a different topic and it was really burning me out. So you can do the same thing over and over and over again. We always think that like people are going to get tired of it or that nobody's going to want to come if it's the same thing. But I can tell you from personal experience, when I look at who signs up for my free events, oftentimes it's people that have been to those exact same free events multiple times. Okay. It takes, uh, I think, what is it like an average of seven times of hearing something in order for it to really, truly hit home and in order to really learn something. So you're going to notice that people want to come to the same event, even if it's the same thing over and over again, because they didn't learn everything to the level that you know it the very first time they heard it. And so even if they're coming to the same free event over and over again, they're learning more, they're warming up to you more, you're getting better at doing it, you're refining the process, and none of it is for lack, right? It's all for gain. So when you find something that works, keep doing it. It can be rinse and repeat. And then my other tip here is to make sure that you strategize about what works and what doesn't. So one of the benefits about doing the same type of enrollment event over and over again is that you can take notes on what was effective, what was not effective. So maybe you come up with a little bit of an experiment and you say, okay, I'm going to try, a, you know, this next recital, I'm going to try incentivizing my students to bring a friend to the recital. And maybe you offer them, I don't know, what could you offer them? A free class or a free group class, or maybe you offer them like a fun prize or I don't know, come up with something fun, offer them something fun and see how many people actually show up, see how many of your students actually bring a friend and then try that same thing again. Okay. Give it a couple times and see if it works. And if you're seeing like, okay, you know, one person from the studio brought a friend, but nobody else did, then you know that. 
either the incentive wasn't good enough or maybe incentive is not the route to take. And maybe there's a different way that you can um, make it work where people will bring other people. Maybe it's about advertising the event to the public. Maybe it's about opening up your recital to the public so that people from the um, assisted living facility can come watch the recital. Maybe it's about doing your recital at the assisted living facility, but making sure that the assisted living facility also invites the family members of the people that are living there. So you have an entire audience in addition to the studio families that you have. Okay, so there's so many directions that you could go with this, but make sure that you take notes on what works and what doesn't work, and then make sure that you keep doing the things that work so that you're not reinventing the wheel every single time. All right, everybody, I hope that was helpful. I hope that that little look at this, what I call the profit loop, and I call it the profit loop because it works, right? It turns people into customers so fast. And anytime you want to increase profits, you can run one of these enrollment events, you can do one of these enrollment things, and you can increase your income or increase your customers pretty quickly. So um, I hope this was helpful. Please let me know. Let me know, message me on Instagram or comment in the Facebook group and let me know if you liked this episode. And then if you've been getting value out of these episodes, if you would be willing to rate the podcast, just give it a star rating, write a review, please. If you would be willing, just take like the 60 seconds to write a review. I read them all and I love, love, love reading them and it helps the podcast get out to other people. And then beyond that, go ahead and share this link. If this was helpful or if any of the other episodes are helpful, you can always copy the link, share it in a piano teacher Facebook group, share it with a friend, share it with your local music teachers association, share it with anyone that you think would find it helpful because I genuinely want all piano teachers to be able to have a business that really works for their life. I, I really want to, I think I spoke to this um, a couple episodes ago, but I really want to change the face of our industry. I want to make it the norm that piano teachers make like a reasonable wage or even above that. I want to make it the norm that piano being a piano teacher is like a sustainable business that can feed you and your family and sustain you and that can grow with you and that can work for your life. So please help me get this, this podcast into the hands of other people. You are amazing. You are wonderful. Thank you for being here. I can't wait to talk with you next week. Have an amazing day. Thank you so much for listening. I love connecting with open-minded business owners from all over the world. As you know, a studio policy is one of the most important assets of your business, and a good studio policy will save you time and energy. For this reason, I created a free PDF with a list of three ways that you can level up your studio policy right now. To grab the free PDF, head on over to ashleyjyoung.com slash level up, and the link is in the show notes as well. Talk to you soon.